Before we start the show, I just wanted to reach out and say that if you are loving listening to The Truth Prescription as much as we are loving making it, please subscribe to the podcast. Hit that subscribe button. Rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and iHeartRadio, to name a few. And come check us out at www.thetruthprescription.com to get more insights and info, because the truth will set you free if you let it. You are not your thoughts. You are not your mind. The act that's been on this planet for 5,000 years is based on the capacity to observe your thoughts. Gentlemen and ladies, brothers and sisters, people, whoever you are and wherever you are, welcome to the Truth Prescription Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Sekou Gathers, and each week I interview successful people from around the world and discuss how accepting the truth can propel your career and help you live a life of gusto and purpose. No mantras, no gimmicks, just the truth. So close your eyes and open your ears, and let's get into this. Come on. Good people, welcome to a new episode of the Truth Prescription Podcast. The title of today's show is How to Create Financial Career and Relationship Success with Mindfulness. So this episode is important because it's really a primer on why things like meditation or yoga or Tai Chi or any mindfulness technique actually help you succeed financially or otherwise in your life, in the external world. And I'm going to warn you, my guest, Dr. Allison JK, in this interview, sometimes she may get a bit esoteric, but trust me, trust your host, trust your boy. I break it down in terms that we can all understand. I always bring her back. So just listen for a little bit and wait for me to interject. This episode is great. I really hope uh, people get a lot from it. How to use mindfulness techniques to create success. Take a listen. Close your eyes and open your ears. Let's do it. Good people. Welcome back to another episode of the Truth Prescription Podcast. I'm your humble host, Dr. Sekou Gathers, bringing you another beautiful guest who will elucidate and enlighten to help you to grow uh, on your journey of your success journey. Dr. Allison JK. Hey, hey, Allison, how are you? Hey, Dr. Sekou. Happy to finally be here with you. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. We, you know, they say we plan and then the universe plans. So we we, <laughs> we were supposed to to talk some weeks ago and you had some uh, some things happen and now you're better. So I'm happy we could talk. Let's jump right in. People that listen to the show know that I usually start with your personal truth. And what that is, is something in your life that you were, a truth in your life that you were ignoring or you weren't aware of, that once you accepted it, created a massive breakthrough for you in your journey. That's an interesting framing. I was expecting to deliver a different story. (laughs) But when you added in the part that I wasn't aware of, so I'm in my mid-20s. It's a Saturday morning and I'm looking at my checkbook. I'm not thrilled with what I'm seeing. And mm. I only, you know, I, I wasn't looking to go shopping on Rodeo Drive. I had basic needs. I did want organic produce and it was more expensive then. I did want to massage a week because I consider that preventative health 501, not 101. And I had basic car or basic housing. So I wasn't having an easy time making ends meet. And I knew I was supposed to have an easier time. And I also, because I had this sense of abundance inherently. And I also looked at the sense of being caged 
for decades and that this is what was acceptable by others and what my society expected me to be accepting. And I wasn't okay with that sense of being caged because I had already been out of the country many times and had a sense of adventure and like jumping out of planes and bungee cord jumping off of dams and reservoirs in South Africa. Like I have, I'm here to play. (laughs) I'm in a body. I'm on planet earth. What can we get up to? How does it get any better than this? You know? So that coincided with me having a session with one of my earlier clients, first clients, when I say earlier, and we're in like session four of a package of 10 and we were getting, she's so psyched with the results. I was too. And so I'm in the midst of that session with my hands over her system, over abdomen when I say system. And I was just like, okay, how can I get even more robust results for my clients looking up at the ceiling? So within a month's time, the universe um, conspired to bring in the international school system to my awareness. And so I did what I had to do, filled out the forms, CV submitted, flew to where I had to fly to, did a bunch of interviews in hotel rooms with different school heads from different countries all around the world, got a bunch of offers, chose Taiwan because I knew Taiwan was and is the small democratic um, nation for the Chinese, where the traditional stuff was more able to be out there. And I also understood that the seat of understanding energy. So at this time, I'm already teaching meditation. I'm teaching Qigong. I'm doing yoga. I've been a meditator for well over a decade. I had now two energy medicine modalities under my belt. So I chose Taiwan because I understood they were the seat of knowing how energy and consciousness works together holistically to create vibrancy, not just health, but thriving in mind, body, and spirit. And they were still operating from it today. The same with the Hindu yoga culture, because later on during one of my Chinese New Year breaks, I traveled to India and got my yoga teacher certification. Whereas in the West, we had it all go underground in around the enlightenment time when science and, and the church took over segments of society. And then our knowing of how, like the alchemists and our knowing of the universal laws and how the subtle energy works all went underground. So I lived there for a decade and I was a teacher and an administrator, had a lot of success over there, immersed myself in the culture and went not going to monasteries to ask questions about like, how does this work? How does that work? And I was surprised because like I would run, there was this great jogging trail behind a specific monastery in the city I lived in and had like a seven story high Guanyin statue in front of it. And I used to fill up my gas, my scooter right in front of it. So that's how I learned about it. So then I, I would increasingly kind of step into the monastery and start talking with the monks with my okay Chinese. Right. And I, I was, was going to ask you to Chinese, yeah. <laughs> so I was surprised that there were more classrooms than there were like big halls to meditate in. And what I found out was that there's so much dialogue about the nature of the mind and the nature of consciousness. It's not like set in stone. So if you think of like the biggest as a trained doctor and my best friend in college, ironically became a a doctor. So I'm very familiar with some of the disillusionment that happens in the field because as I'm developing holistically, she's alongside me, parallel developing in the medical field. Allopathic, yeah. Yeah, hospital doctor. Anyway, I I, I could go on, but I think that that gives you a flavor. I returned here after a decade understanding like Twina massage, which is traditional Chinese massage. I'd get reflexology and Twina every Sunday and I'd sit there with the chart and I'd ask questions in my Chinese and I was learning myself based on my own intellect and consciousness guiding me, how the consciousness fits with the energy flow in our body and how that then creates health in mind, body, and spirit. And so then I combined my background. Now I had five energy medicine modalities and my background in yoga and meditation. And those two paths created the vibrational upgrade system coming back to America after a decade. So 
that I'm not willing to accept this. I know that I'm supposed to have more fun and it's supposed to be more abundant and I'm not meant to be feeling like I'm in a cage. And how can I bring forward even more of these gifts led me to that breakthrough. And I increased my net cash flow by 60%, by the way, mm-hmm. paid off minimal student loans I had and had a hell of a lot of fun. The truth was sort of understanding or accepting that there's more abundance to be lived and how do I find it, right? It sounds like you were in this place where you sort of felt stuck, but you knew there was more. And and that journey, I guess, to Asia, to Taiwan, allowed you to find out, oh, well, this is this is kind of how I can be a little bit more abundant, not just in my internal work, but also in my financial life, right? Because part of the theme of what we, I like to get into today is really about how as we navigate and understand our internal world a lot better, that magically... <laughs> our, we'll just say, material world also starts to manifest things. And that's really, I think, the importance of a lot of these things. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, let's get into it because that's the base of my work. Yeah. My first question is really for someone who's listening and they, like I've been, I've meditated, practicing meditator for at least 10 years and always finding new heights, new plateaus, new places to go. For somebody who has never meditated, or has never done any mindfulness practice, Tai Chi, anything. You do a lot. You know a lot. You do energy medicine. You do Chinese medicine. You do uh, Tai Chi, yoga. You do a ton of stuff. You do chakra, chakra work. Where would you recommend someone start that's just maybe feeling how you felt that there's got to be more than this, right? And maybe a little bit of, of a material success, but or maybe not. But there's got to be more than this. I just kind of feel stuck. I want to do something. Where's the safest place for them to sort of start their journey? Okay. There's a basic Buddhist tenant. So Buddha took yoga from the eight limbs that yoga traditionally is. Only one is about the body postures. So we see yoga studios everywhere focusing on yoga classes about the body postures. But five of those eight limbs are about working with the mind and consciousness and our interior world. And so Buddha took that out of the traditional yogic tomb and then traveled north over to all throughout Asia, now there's different sects of Buddhism. In this practice, there's a basic tenet. Every human mind is neurotic. Here are the tools with which to work with your own particular flavor. Before you go on, explain the word neurotic, because that may trigger some people. What, what do you mean by that? Jumpy, restless, unable to focus, anxious thoughts at times, depressive thoughts at times, wild monkey, untamed. Great. Thank you. So there's another um, basic understanding that I got. And in, in it's like, now keep in mind, I'm traveling all throughout Asia. During my Chinese New Year's breaks for about a month in between semesters. I'm not going back to the States. That was in the summer. I'm, I'm going to Thailand. I'm going to Bali. I'm going all over. And there's monasteries everywhere and there's monks everywhere. And they're all dressed in different colored robes, depending on the school. And I remember when I was in Bangkok, I saw a monk in a robe or in robes, holding a cigarette, smoking mm. it and having a cell phone. And I was like, oh my God. That's odd. It was radical for me. But it isn't because then in Taiwan, like in the morning when I would go on my scooter to the fresh uh, market and I'd get vegetables, I'd see monks pulling away and their scooters with bags full of vegetables. So it was like really integrated is what I'm getting at because it wasn't odd. It's going there as a meditator already and, and with the goals that I had in mind, seeing these monks out and about in society in everyday actions, in the monasteries everywhere, in the Buddhist statues everywhere, in the Guanyin statues everywhere, and they're huge. They're not messing around. Like they don't have like a little puny statue. They're everywhere and they're huge. There's one in Hong Kong uh, that's like 23 stories high. For me, it worked as a constant reminder to go inside. That's where your power is. 
And so in the understanding of some of the Buddhist scriptures or called sutras, there's a sense that any state of mind is temporary. Whereas in our biggest medical book of all medical books is the psychological disorders. And it keeps getting bigger every day or every edition. The DSM-4, yeah. Yeah, it's it's nailing down something. And then it's saying, this is how you fix it with a medication. It's making it solid and real. Instead of the understanding that every state of consciousness or mind is temporary. Now you may have more frequent patterns, but then that gets into some of the stuff around the chakras and some of the deeper blocks of unconsciousness and subconsciousness. And then that could come from traumas, that could come from conditioning, that could come from your lineage, your ancestry, that could come from karma and other sources. So like when we're age two to five and we're walking around on planet earth after zero to two, because zero to two, we're not even separated from our parents, their thoughts and feelings, we're right there with. But when we start going, no, at terrible twos, that's when we start to identify our own ego identity. And that's why in Buddhism, our minds are called ego mind, the part of us to work with. We're figuring out how life goes from like ages two to eight and all the neurology is getting formed. And so if we see our older brother getting a lot of approval for coming back with A's and, and being a great student, and we see dad giving that nod and that smile and that affection, then we will ha- make this conclusion unconsciously, not subconscious, but unconsciously, I can get that yummy feeling from dad if I am a good student. Now, what could also happen is in a reverse, and as well, you could have, let's say, cleaning, and, and you're not cleaning your room perfectly, and you're not dressed immaculately, and, and one of your parents stresses that, and you get punished when the room isn't neat and clean and tidy and organized almost to an OCD level. I'm giving a sense of exaggeration here because the child will feel intimidated and feel like I need to be perfect at everything and hence the perfectionist. Mm -hmm. So some of these patterns are more deeply ingrained. They get routed in an energy flow that then gets embodied. So then that becomes a deeper work to come out of those neurological patterns because the body is, is holding that pattern. It's not just the more etheric of the mind. But every state of mind is able to be worked with. So there's like a diffuse where you're spacey, that has a a Buddhist label, where you're restless, that has a Buddhist label, where you have a hard time focusing, that's different than restlessness and spaciness, where there's a sense of self-recrimination, that's its own. So there's these tools. And the bottom line is, observe your mind. So you asked me at the beginning of all of this, what are some simple places to start? And it is to understand that without going into something else right now, you are not your thoughts. You are not your mind. The act that's been on this planet for 5,000 years is based on the capacity to observe your thoughts. And just to give some, some really quick context before you go on, for people that are listening, don't get caught up in your thoughts about this. Just think about how many times you want to make a decision about something and then you say, yeah, I want to do that. And then two weeks later, you're like, no, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Or, I love this job. And then a month later, like, I hate this job. Or a couple of months after that, you're ambivalent about it. Just use that simple example to point to kind of what she's saying, that often our minds are, I call it almost like a mechanism. We don't really have yet a lot of agency over it. And it kind of goes all over the place and it does different things. That's what really what she's saying. Continue. I'm sorry. It's perfect. And I love what you did because now I can bring up that thing I put to the side. Yes. So to help you get... <laughs> 
help you guys better understand. Or you could take the image that Dr. Sekou just, uh, the words he just gave, and, and apply them to the image of instead of you walking a dog on a lead, the dog is running away with the lead and you have to be running after the dog. Sure. Great. So there's stats, and I go into this in my third book. Uh, there's stats that say 85% of our daily choices are made from our unconscious and subconscious. I think it's from all my work with tens of thousands of people at this point for decades, it's closer to 95%, meaning the choices you're making, I hate this job, I'm going to leave it on a whim one day because your mind is saying that, or maybe you've had two weeks of a boss being a pain in the butt and you're like, and so you're like, I got to leave this job. Our choices, whether to leave or not, for example, are mostly robotic. So I would say 95% of our daily choices come from the past. So maybe what has happened, if you want to leave that job where the boss is grumpy, I'm not saying don't at all. But what I am saying is there's also, like you also give the other example, Dr. Sekou, of starting something. I want to start that and two weeks later you lose passion. I work with people like that all the time. And there's so many, what I'm going to call self-sabotaging blocks at the unconscious and subconscious level. I call that back of the house consciousness. So that when I go in with the energy medicine component of vibrational upgrade system, clear it, it flushes to the prefrontal cortex where we have conscious access. So we get more consciousness released. So let's say you have a block where anytime I start something, I don't have good follow through because mom or dad was like that, for example. So then I go in and clear that. And then I bring in what I call applied mindfulness to help coach you and bringing the energy medicine clearings and activations to support you and having an easier time creating a new neurological pathway and having new expectations of yourself different than I don't have good follow through that actually allow you to make new choices because you have more consciousness to access now in the moment and you don't have that blockage anymore. So you're able to have more follow through. So it's a, if you think of the way we maintain and improve our houses and our cars, I've studied how we do that with our mind-body-spirit system, how to optimize it. Sure. I want to give a, a, personal, a personal example of that. About two months ago, I started drinking three liters of water a day, right? For, for many years, I was not drinking the proper amount of water, right? So I was like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm, and I'm starting to work out more. So I'm going to drink the proper amount of water. About a month and a half in, I noticed I had a day where I drank half, And then I had a day where I missed and I noticed, I was conscious enough to notice. And I said, no, 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 no. We're not doing this. We're not doing this. I remembered the, not just the energy and passion that I started with, but I I remember the reason and felt the reason why I started it. And then I just started, you know, those two days. And then I just kind of restarted and and I've been fine since then. Right. But it's, it's that. It's exactly that, what you're talking about. That there's something, there's a self-sabotage program in there that for whatever reason is like, eh, either you don't deserve to be healthy or there's something, there's something. I haven't really, I haven't really excavated it yet, but at least I caught it. In the past, I, won't, I wouldn't have caught it. I would have just, oh man, it's been a month. I haven't been doing that thing that I've, I was so, had so much <laughs> gusto, fervor to do. So anyway, continue. I just want to give that personal uh, story. So I'm also a personal trainer with specialty certification in fitness and nutrition, as well as all the holistic stuff I've studied. So let me give you this. One of the ways to help your lymphatic system drain, which will include, which will increase your levels of health and vitality is water with lemon first thing in the morning. 
that flushes your system in a way that nothing else does. And like I have a water machine here. I have done research. I work with David Wolf and others to find the best spring water in the country of the United States of America that actually is not only not toxic, but actually gives you the minerals that are meant to be and are inherently in water. Okay. Give a shout out to that brand so that people can Mountain know Mountain Valley it. Spring Water. Mountain Valley? Yeah. Mountain Valley yeah, Spring so Water. That's okay. found to be the best spring water. So I live on the West Coast of Florida. You mean right not Poland Spring? Poland Springs pretty decent. It is pretty decent. Uh, it, it's like compared to Zephyr Hills. I'm on the West Coast of Florida on the Gulf of Mexico. Okay. Zephyr Hills is one that's offered here. And yeah. that's that's not not as good at all. Okay. So that's low on the list. So when you drink water that is he- that has the inherent components that are meant to give us uh, health and life force, because minerals help neurological processes happen, right? So when you are hydrated enough with good water, you're going to find yourself just feeling more upbeat and have less of a tendency to go down and into more yes. of those self-sabotaging patterns in your mind, because the energy your body is holding will then it creates a disposition for your neurology or your thoughts to naturally go to a certain place. Yes. So the more health giving foods and vitality in the food yes. you're eating, the, the, you also, I, I approach it from both interiorly and exteriorly, sure. right? So another aspect, if you want to make sure that you're hydrated, one of the key things too is in those bottles of water, Dr. Seku, you could take one gran, granule of sea salt. Salt. Yep. That's what I do. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Because it, it has the whole spectrum of minerals. And so you're going to have the whole, you're going to get more hydration and quality from it. You just said something really important that I want people to catch, the connection between your nutrition and the foods that you eat in the water, that you, the type of water that you drink, right? It's vibrational. You created the, the vibrational upgrade system, but everything vibrates. All matter vibrates. And so if you put something in you, like I always give the example of eating an orange and then eating a Snickers bar, right? If you put an orange in your body, relatively good, good vibrational food, you're going to feel a certain way. If you eat a Snickers bar, you're going to feel probably a rush and then there's going to be a crash and it's going to sort of take your system in a place that maybe you don't want it to take, but you will be more susceptible to those more negative thoughts and feelings because the food is, there's nothing really in it. There's nothing nutritional or high vibrational in it. So that's, that's, that's an important point. I just want to make sure people remember it. So more vitality is found in raw foods. I'm not suggesting a raw food diet because you can really work your, di- your digestive tract in a way that's not going to help you if you're just eating a bunch of raw nuts, for example. When I was in Taiwan, I was. I mean, I'm a vegetarian. I have been since 93. And I was eating a lot of nuts because I was also a gym rat after work. And so I needed the protein. And I got some Qigong. This is how I learned Qigong. I got some, Qigong is the basis of all martial arts, but it's also a medical energy medicine, so to speak. There's something called medical Qigong. And I had some medical Qigong treatments and he told me exactly that. He's like, you're sluggish in your digestive tract because you, you're, you're giving it extra work to break down all of this raw, these raw nuts. So I started doing like roasted almonds. So before we go too far off onto that track, which we could, I'm open, but it feels like it should be a different show. The point that you're saying is everything is vibrational. Traditional Chinese medicine, there's a tenant and it's where chi goes. So chi is, those of you who know Reiki, ki is the Japanese word. Prana is the yogic Hindu word. It means all of it translates into vital life force energy. So just look at that breakdown. Chi is vital, that's life. Life, again, the word vital life force energy. So why do I say that? You will have more access to it if there's more of it in your food. So when I say that the ancient 
Chinese medical tenet is where qi goes, so where that vital life force energy goes, blood follows. So there's the physical. So the premise is that we work with qigong or we work with, let's just say qigong, then that gets our qi flowing more and then the blood will follow. So our circulation will improve. I add in nowadays, the beginning of that is where our consciousness goes, energy follows, and then blood follows, which matches the quantum physics understanding that took about 100 years in the halls of orthodox science for them to be able to admit, you know, that we are actually affecting. There's no such thing as a controlled lab study because we affect everything because we're connected to it all. So our perceptions and projections and expectations create an outcome. So that, I mean, Einstein stayed away from that because he couldn't deal with it. I mean, just radical idea at that time. So what I'm saying is that what Dr. Sekou said, everything is vibrational. So before it becomes physical, it's energy. So at this, at the energetic level, it's a wave. So when you have one thought, fleeting thought, like, hmm, I want to go eat an orange now that Dr. Sekou said that, that's not going to collapse the wave. But if you have a repeated thought, like, I don't want to do that. I, I, I'm gonna, it's going to be too much work. I don't want to start that new business. It's going to take too much of my time. And what are they going to think of me if I start to have too much success? And oh my God, people are going to ask me for money and, and all those conclusions that your mind gets noisy about. You know, your heart wants to do it. You, it's coming from a different place. You, you're like, yeah, that's it. I want to do that. And then you have your mind come in with that file of list of what if, but where she goes, blood follows. So at the subatomic level, if you have repeated thoughts about 30 times, it collapses the wave, which is all potential, into something solid. And that's when physicalization begins. A repeated thought or in a heavily emotional thought, like almost even trauma. So the, that's why I, I, in great part, left the field of psychology because talk therapy just reinforces old storylines. And when I'm doing actual energy medicine clearings and activations on people, I'm removing, I'm saying out loud, old storylines as a part of what needs to be cleared in our own minds. So there's just such a plethora of, of play. It's not work. And your ego minds are probably concluding, this sounds like a lot of work, Dr. Allison. I don't really want, how much time a day? I don't have that. <laughs> Right. So, I mean, that's part of the human condition. Well, let's, let's just take it back to where we started just to kind of button this up and keep it concrete for folks. Because people listening, I don't want you to kind of check out everything that we're saying here is important, but it really all comes back to what Dr. Allison first started with, which was your mind has different states of ways of being. And it just the recognition of that is somewhere to start. Just really watch yourself. I would even recommend just journal, right? Every day, oh, today I thought about this thing. And then go back to it in a month and just notice, oh, wow, I have a, I did this exercise once and I noticed, well, I have a, a, a perpetual critic. He criticizes everything, criticizes myself, criticizes other people. He's all over, he, this is interesting. This guy is central in my in my sort of psyche. This is, this is a, probably eight or nine years ago. You're the only one. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. But then there were other sort of states. So I think that's that's the thing that Dr. Allison is saying that's important. Just Let's just start there. And then the second thing I will add is just do basic breathing. Like it doesn't even have to be some kind of uh, serious meditation. I see, oh, you, you and I have this in common. You're on Inside Timer and so am I. I have meditations on Inside Timer and, and, and it looks like so you do as well, which is fantastic. You don't even need to go to Insight Timer, although I would like you to go to Insight Timer and check out my meditations, check out Dr. Allison's meditations. But just start with 
take five deep breaths and concentrate on the breath in through your nose, out through your mouth, two seconds each. That's it. And just start there. <laughs> so let <laughs> me, let me jump on that because I think people, Dr. Sekou, if you don't mind me saying so, absolutely, I think Americans check out when we go in to watch your breath. Because then all of this file of, oh, my God, that's like yoga. Oh, my God, I'm supposed to be peaceful. Oh, yeah. my God, I don't have the time. I'm busy on my surface life because that's what we do in the States. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we're on the So let's even just simplify it to, okay, so see if you could give yourself, I challenge you, oh, listeners, on this day of the new moon when you're hearing this, to <laughs> give yourself three times, set yourself up every day, three times to have an awareness of, what your mind is thinking, not what you're thinking, but what your mind is thinking. Mm-hmm. Great. Like the practice of meditation. And, and you had that, by the way, when we're, I go into this in one of my books, I think it's the third book, Reasonable Dragons. When you're in minute 20 to minute 30 in meditation, you are flushing the subconscious over years time. And one of the things I realized is uh, I had a student a couple of years back uh, working with me at the most at the mastermind level. And in her year two, she was, I said to her, oh my God, you're getting results. Like I got a year five with meditating alone. So the combination I've done is to speed up the process of meditation and flush the subconscious. But I feel like you were able to, because you said a decade of meditating you've had, you were able to check yourself and have the detachment from your thoughts to recognize, hey, now we do want that good feeling of the water drinking. We do want the health benefits. Remember what? Yeah. So I want to just get back to that because detachment and for people to hear me say, observe your thoughts, just become aware of your thoughts three times throughout a day. These tools that we're talking about that you're probably resistant to doing will help make that detachment easier. But just trust me on this. okay? just three times each day, take moment, a moment to look at your thoughts. And then if it's something you're not digging, if your mind is producing, cause it is a little production machine and its job is to keep us safe. And in that job of, do I go into fight or flight because of this unknown thing, it automatically doesn't welcome the unknown. So in your inherent to all of us resistance to doing something new or doing something different, you could also help yourself by taking a different route when you drive to work or eating something different or just sure. doing something different every day to start carving out more detachment. Finally, I want to give you this redirect is what we call it in meditation, right? So everybody sucks at meditation. If you expect yourself to sit down and have a silent mind, no. you're wrong. No. <laughs> even after even after 10 years, even this morning, I was like, man, Monks okay. don't have it. Gotta come back. Yeah. Gotta come back. Gotta come back. Yeah. States are temporary, right? The states of, of the mind, it's the surface of our consciousness. But when we go deeper, we realize there is a steady guiding light. And it's, it comes in through our heart and it comes up through our connection at the crown chakra, using the word, to the divine. That's where we connect with the divine. So we get this like a miner having a light on its helmet guiding force after work like Dr. Sekou and I have both done. So I want to give you the word redirect. So when Dr. Sekou sitting down and meditating and, and you realize you're, you're following your mind, you have to say you do something like coming back to the breath, Right. To pull off of the thought, right? Yeah, I, I use the breath. I also use just an image of a light in my mind that I focus on. And when I feel myself going off, I just focus back on that light. That's kind of how I do it. But the breath also helps. There's so many different ways to meditate. I teach Buddha's most basic technique that he taught the most frequently. And it's, I'm going to say it in my yoga and meditation teacher voice. So pardon me. <laughs> pull off of the thoughts and come back to the breath. Let the thoughts float by as if a leaf on a river's current, 
stepping out of the river of the thinking mind back to the shore, inhaling and exhale at your own rate. So you let the thoughts float by is the practice. And when I said stepping out of the river and onto the shore, that's a redirect. So in meditation uh, language, y'all, the redirect you can apply in your daily life. So when you see your mind observing, when you are observing your mind with a thought, like Dr. Sekou gave that great example, wait a minute, I want to be drinking this water. Yep. You could say, hey, hold on a second. What if there's nothing wrong here? So that's the redirect. And that's the title of my first book, by the way. And then you could even add on a question because nature abhors a vacuum. So if you add on, how does it get any better than this? What else is possible? You can do that when things are bad or when things are good, because your ego mind is going to be busy as all of ours are labeling. I like that. Let's have more of that. I don't like that. Let's stay away from that. So when you neutralize it into how does it get any better than this? What else is possible? What if there's nothing wrong here being the basic redirect? The mind, one of the things I say the most that's so radical to so many people is our minds are typically interpreting events in life, the exact opposite of what is meant from the universe or the soul level. So whereas what kept me having us have to reschedule is I got thrown off a horse because it tripped for the first time ever. And it was, it, we were running. And, and, and so it was, there was some speed and I, without going into it. So I know to look at that symbolically and let it serve me instead of limiting me. So just keep that in mind because it's fascinating that how much the ego mind makes something wrong when it's actually something there to serve us. Right. To flow, to flow with. For people that are listening, the whole point of these practices is really to get, you've heard us talk about separation. And the whole point of separation is to separate this sort of mind that's sort of fickle, right? Like a fickle lover kind of goes here, goes there, goes over <laughs> there, goes up, goes yeah. down. And be able to begin to observe it from the real mind or the, or if you want to call it light, you want to call it spirit. And then over time, you begin to be able to connect with that and start making decisions from that place in your life, not from this sort of fleeting thing that could have you taking a plane to Timbuktu one week and then the next week knitting a, a blanket with grandma. So, you know, it's just, that's the whole point of the separation. And also in that separation, you realize because it's, it's stressful and it's tiring and it's energy draining to have these thoughts all over the place. From that place, you, you maintain and retain your inherent power. And that's really what it's about. That's the truth of it. So let, we'll, we'll, we'll cap that conversation. Let's jump to the last section, which is uh, first impressions. So I'm going to say something and then I just want to, whatever the first thing is comes to your mind, you let us know what it is. All right, ready? Yep. <laughs> Number one, feminine energy. Receptive. Number two, masculine energy. Active. There you go. Vegan. Number three. Too strict. <laughs> Number four. Heart chakra. Now, we didn't talk about the chakras, but heart chakra. Our seat of power. Seat of power. Number five, leader. Me. Ah, number six, <laughs> mind. To be worked through and uh, operate from beyond at all times. Let it just use its intellect. Number seven, brain. 
not as powerful of a machine as we make it out to be <laughs> in the West. <laughs> it's a great, fast, fabulous thing. And the last one, number eight, Allison JK. Blossoming. Blossoming. Beautiful. Okay. That was fun. That was Thank great. You. Thank you. <laughs> Listen, I think we gave the people a lot to think about. It was almost like a, a mini primer on the internal world, but uh, I appreciate it. And just to sort of conclude, the whole point of this, folks, is once you begin to have a better understanding of your inner world, which is your psyche and your thoughts and your emotions, and can harness them and manage them, you have a lot better time materializing the things that you really want, not what the this thing's telling you you want, but really what your heart desires. So... Dr. Allison, thank you so much for coming on The Truth Prescription. I'm going to sign off as I always do. It's my honor. Thanks for having me. (laughs) That the truth will set you free if you let it. 